go into a race and I'm really not fit, but I just feel like doing the race for whatever reason, any number of reasons, you just, you can't make yourself hurt, you know, because you're not fit enough to make yourself hurt. And it's like, you know, when you finish feeling like, oh, I had more, but I couldn't get to the PT. I couldn't get to the puke threshold because I'm not strong enough. And so, you know, it's almost like you're more nervous when you are really fit because you know it's going to hurt more because you're able to make it hurt more, if that makes sense. And so it's a love-hate, you know, <laughs> it definitely is a love-hate, <laughs> right? To our conversation with Gordon McCoolis. This is part two. If you haven't listened to part one, we do encourage you to go back and listen. Uh, it's a wonderful episode where Gordon speaks about her competitive running. And part two is a continuation of this conversation where we speak with her about running in the, her master's years and still dominating. <laughs> so we hope you enjoy. Thanks. I started at that time to get interested in, in coaching. Um, I had done some coaching um, actually with Bob, my former coach, um, in the late 80s and through the 90s, but uh, started to get more interested in that um, after I, you know, I, I didn't consider myself retired, but I was definitely not aiming where I had been aiming before. I knew that the opportunity to make an Olympic team was in the rearview mirror. Um, but I did turn 40 in 2001 and um, had a really good year. That, that was, that's, I feel like those, the races that I ran that year, especially in the fall, were, they're not my lifetime PRs, but they're the races that I look back on and feel like I got everything out of myself and, and ran smarter than I had when I was at my physical peak. Um, I ran uh, the Philly half marathon in 2001. It was just a few days after 9-11, very emotional, really like five days after 9-11 um, and ran like 116 at, at age 40. And that shocked me that I could still run that fast yeah. at 40. And then in New York in 2001, which of course was a really emotional race as well because of 9-11, um, I ran 241. Um, and just ran super evenly and it was definitely in the pain cave, um, but it just felt so controlled. It just felt so like, this is mine. You know, I'm, I'm in control of this rather than hanging on by my fingernails for dear life. I pushed it, I pushed it all the way. I was following another American, not a master's runner. Um, but another American and I swear there were like five seconds between us, you know, cause you. <laughs> You try to figure out how far you're actually behind the next person. So you say, okay, they're passing, you know, that street light or something. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, and now I'm passing it five seconds. And they would just go on and on and on <laughs> like this. You know, it's like, oh, okay, I gotta just keep, you know, I gotta gain on her. I gotta gain on her. Why can't I gain on her? A lot of traffic lights to work with in New York. <laughs> <laughs> and she beat me by five seconds. So, <laughs> wow. and I won the Masters though. So that was that was cool. Um, but yeah, the coaching started to um, be a bigger part of my life and I started to enjoy it more. I felt like early in my career when I was coaching um, with the, uh, you know, the former group training, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know. Um, I just knew what worked for me. I didn't, I wasn't very adept at reading other people. 
Um, and me, I'm just like, give me a program and I will follow it to the letter. Um, I don't overcomplicate things. I don't, um, I don't overtrain, you know, like some people, their coach's main job is to like rein them in because they'll always do more. Um, I don't do that. I just do what the coach tells me to do. Um, and so those kinds of nuances, I didn't, um, I didn't really understand, you know, sort of the psychological aspects of coaching. And I also wasn't really a nerd about um, numbers. You know, I was a little loosey-goosey, and that had always worked for me. I'm a big believer in training by feel, but um, sort of like I was talking about a while ago with the the um, problem-solving aspects of it, I, I didn't tend to try to solve problems by taking a real sort of numerical approach. Like the, the podcast that you guys did a couple, I think it was just the most recent one, um, and Ali, you were talking about how you converted the um, the workout, the running workouts into elliptical workouts, and and you really nerded out. Wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, yeah, I was like, that's. I mean, even now, you know, it, it, you learn something new all the time in running. I was like, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. You know, really, like, don't just guess. To, mm-hmm. You know, really, just get those numbers down, and and you know, make sure you're you're following it to the letter with, you know, pay, with in terms of like exactly what it's telling you to do. It was, um, so I had, I felt like I had a lot to learn. So I got certified as a coach through RRCA um, and started coaching more individual athletes and really getting a lot of pleasure out of that while continuing my own running as well. And then um, I probably should fast forward because I've probably gone through like five tapes or whatever you're using to record <laughs> wonderful it's so wonderful we're only at the second one minute tape. warning <laughs> two minute warning um, but really running through my 40s and into my 50s and I'm now in my late 50s I'm 58 um has has brought me so much pleasure I really have not had the experience that some of my um friends seem to have had although although fewer than I would have thought of you know just feeling like oh those were the good old days you know and it'll never be like it was and I hate getting slow I hate getting you know just having to not do as many miles because I'll get injured you know I I don't mind that I don't mind being slower I'm really into the age graded thing and really into it, uh, which is funny because I didn't even know it existed until Stuart, our friend Stuart, pointed it out to me like five years ago. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And, you know, I went back like to yeah. all my results from like way back to the 80s. And I was like, wow, okay. And, and then I could see that in terms of that, you know, in terms of like getting the best out of myself, mm-hmm. I haven't slipped. You know, I'm slower for sure, like a lot slower. Um, and we can actually talk about a few examples. Yes. Yeah, well, we right. could start with today. <laughs> Starting with today, yeah. right? Today, your age graded time was sixteen forty. Sixteen forty for right? a five k, a hilly five k. It was, and and the percentage thing was um, the percentage thing. Sorry, the age graded yeah. percentage was eighty eight point something. Yep. Okay, but this is the crazy thing. I don't know if you noticed that I was not first in my age group. Oh, I, I thought you were. <laughs> Uh, Suzanne LeBert mm-hmm. was first in 2010, which is like insane. And then I was second in 2025. And I mean, that's insane too. But she she was never like, you know, an Olympic contender. She's just right. someone who's been working and working and working. I and mean, she was good. You know, mm-hmm. she was never just, she was always good. But it, she is phenomenal. You know, she just kills it every every time she's out there. She's 55, 56. 
Um, and then I was second in 2025. Okay, Kim Clark, who was Kim Griffin, who was Kim Scherpfell back in the 80s, who was a national champion on the track NCAA and USA track and field the same year, like in 1982 or 83. So she's really good too. She was 2039. And then Jane Lundy was 2040. So four people, four <laughs> women aged 55 to 59 were under 21 minutes. You have I a, mean, that's, that's amazing. That's got to be some kind of like yeah. record, you know, that's for incredible. like a non, you know, I don't know, you know, we all just showed up, you yeah, know, it was like, it wasn't like an invitational or anything like that. And I was on the starting line going, oh, you know, this is going to be hard. But <laughs> Excited, you know. Did you like, see them at the start line? I, yeah, I knew they were all there. Yeah. Kim, <laughs> Kim is she's oh she's so great. I love Kim. She's one of my. I mean, we're not like super close, but like mm. you, same thing. You just yeah. have that. You know, we used to duke it out um, on the roads back in the day, um, especially at like five k and ten k. And so she came up to me at the start, and she was like should I take off a layer? And I'm like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. She had on like a hat and, and a long sleeve with a, like a, a thermal thing on top. And I'm like, totally take off a layer. What oh are you thinking? God, and she's We like, all have to be under 21 Thanks. today. <laughs> I thought so. I wasn't sure. And uh, yeah. So, and uh, yeah, Jane and, and um, Suzanne are um, teammates. So I knew they would be working together. Um, but they, they didn't stay together very long. Anyway, it was, it was very, it was very intense out there, but fun, you know, yeah. like so much fun. It's just like, cause on, you know, on one level, like who cares, yeah. you know, like we're like 58, 59 years old, you know, we've all been doing this for like a thousand years, you know, like, it, I mean, and I, I, I don't care what the, you know, I don't care if I came in fourth or first you know out of you know i knew it was us, us four going to be at the top of the age group and i don't care what the order is but yeah i care you know like yeah. i i was like dying the last you know 200 meters and i was you know, the voice in my head was going push harder push harder you know just as much as it ever did like as much as it did in 1992 when oh, i was I you know on that. the track at pen relays you know like and so it's the same thing mm-hmm. so that's why i don't feel Sometimes I feel nostalgic for, um, I guess, like you know, the just being at the at the top level and going to international and national races and meets and things. Um, but more, it's like I just feel nostalgic in general for being twenty nine years old. I mean, mm-hmm. who doesn't want to be twenty nine again on 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 a certain level? You know, on, on another level, I don't. I would never want to be twenty nine again because I just <laughs> didn't know anything. I was like an idiot. <laughs> but, but you know you want to have more of your life in front of you than behind you that's just sort of a general thing you know we we get wistful as we get older um but i don't i love competing now as a as a late masters runner and i feel like i have a lot in front of me as well yeah. um i'm you know my husband is a competitive runner as well i i left him completely out of the story sorry <laughs> He's really important to me. We have a great marriage. He's an amazing runner. He's a 229 marathoner. He has fought back after having had a stroke four years ago. And just, it wasn't debilitating, but he still has um, challenges every day. You know, numbness, balance issues. Um, The numbness is, is particularly challenging as a runner because he can't tell when he's injured. Right. He, um... You know, bounced back fairly quickly from the stroke in terms of uh, regaining his speed and all that. 
but then got terribly injured, um, plantar fasciitis, um, because he didn't realize he couldn't feel it. Mm. And, you know, all of a sudden he just could not put weight on his foot, but it didn't hurt. And it, I just can't imagine that, you know, oh, I've never so experienced that. So he did the New York City Marathon because he's a streaker in, uh, in 2015, which was the year he had the stroke. He had the stroke in March um, and did 428, you know, just to keep his streak going. Um, and also, you know, it inspired him to, to come back um, mm-hmm. and, and run. Uh, but had to walk in you know, a large sections of the course because he had not trained at all. You know, he'd done a 15 mile run in August, and that was when he realized he had plantar fasciitis um, and didn't run. You know, the total number of miles he ran between August 15th and you know November, whatever, was like barely double digits. Um, and he doesn't cross train. He didn't do the elliptical thing that you did. He was. I, I, he I have was a story about fat. Alan. He was out of shape. He was just like not himself. Himself. But yeah, you, that was written up in Runner's World. Yeah, but no, I I have a personal story about Alan. This about is Alan? Of, yeah. So yeah. I joined group training in 2017, January. Yeah. That was my first session. So the Thanksgiving before that, uh, so I hadn't joined group training. The, so yeah. like two months before that, I went to the open run was very new at the oh, time. Oh, yeah. At, I, I had uh, only been to one of them. At Inwood? At Inwood. Yeah. yeah. So the New York Runners open run in Inwood. And... I went, I, so it was the, it was a turkey trot. I was, I was right. there for the second time and I, we started running and halfway through Alan and I think you, the, the, you guys have a friend, Japanese. Yeah, uh, Yumi yeah. Ogida. Yumi, yes. She so, was the only one who wasn't there today in, in our age group. Sorry, I'm so, interrupting no, that's your fine. story. And both of them like <laughs> went past me too. and I tried to keep up with them and I think about She's quarter amazing. of a mile in I realized you you are nowhere near in this league. What uh-huh. are you trying to do? Like I know they look older, but like it's they're way faster than you. So I let them go, and we finished. Like Inwood does like two loops. Yeah. We finished, and I they disappeared. Yeah. Um, and Yumi won the pie, I think that. Year. Yes, that's I remember that. <laughs> the but Thanksgiving then pie. The person who was timing it told me they were talking, and they just pointed at Alan and they were like you know he's a 229 marathoner and uh-huh. he ran that at Boston and then I went and, like, and I was like what <laughs> and they, they send out the sheet yeah or like the spreadsheet of right. the times it's mm-hmm. like uh, of all the times at the open run so I looked up it said Alan Rubin so I looked up and I found his picture from the 229 uh, at yeah. Boston I was like oh wow that's I'm miming the picture sorry yeah. I just like <laughs> myself up. in the head yeah and so, but I had, I had no idea I, I don't know if you were at that open run or yeah, not but I okay so you were there too I we ran, ran together <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ran with Danny, our son. Yeah, he's he's modest, but ask him about the two twenty nine. He'll go on and on because <laughs> it was so it was so meaningful and it was so beautiful. He did it when he was forty one, wow. you know, and he had run two thirty, I think, four times, like two thirty twenty, two thirty thirty, which is like, come on, like a second a mile, you could do this, you could do this. But as you know, Kipchoge showed us, it's not easy to run one second a mile faster than yeah. you're capable of running on a given day. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two twenty nine fifty four was in um, nineteen ninety eight when he was when he was forty one. Wow, yeah, that's he's really he's amazing. And running has been a huge part of our relationship. Um, he's he's very nerdy about running. He's very nerdy about 
the history of the sport, that sort of thing, and finds all the, you know, the ins and outs fascinating. Um, also, he's a numbers person like you, Ellie. Um, and so he's, you know, the logs and the details of the logs and like the spreadsheets that link to other spreadsheets and you know, the, the spreadsheets that like compare him to his rivals and it's friendly oh, I love rivals. That. That's but so yeah, funny. I mean, I'm through him friends with a lot of people on Central Park Track Club and, and other teams. There's sort of these uh, couple of groups that get together at least once a year, um, usually more often socially, you know, mm-hmm. but we're all runners. Um, so these are people, I'm one of the younger ones, you know, I'm in my late 50s and most of them are in their 60s, 70s and even 80s, you know, so I can see that I can keep doing this, you know, for a long time, for decades, I hope. Um, mm-hmm. And the coaching, you know, since starting with group training um, in early 2016 has just brought a whole new dimension of enjoyment to my running again um the social media has played a big role but the just the you know the irl the in real life meeting up with the same group um a couple of times a week and uh, you know i feel like i i get more than i give um i i do feel like i can give a lot because i have the perspective of you know improving in slow increments because my my development was really very gradual you know my talent came to the fore very quickly but then developing into um the level that i achieved took a decade you know from 85 to no not a decade about seven years 85 to 92 you know those that 92 was the year when i set most of my prs um that's a long time you know seven years is a long time and uh, and then you know handling the the various stages of slowing, um, but still going after it and still enjoying it and still um, you know just trying to just um, problem solve. You know, like like I said early on, you know, it's you have to engage with every single run. You know, it um, most of them are just fun and enjoyable, but. Um, Every workout and every race, you know, gives you a challenge and running is just meeting that with whatever you have um, on the day and whatever you are able to give. Um, and, and the challenges, you know, as, as, as we talked about earlier, are, you know, your body not wanting to do this at a certain point or not feeling like, ah, you know, the signals are all saying just stop. Um, you know, and everything else, the weather, the equipment, you know, and just like tinkering and solving and, um, and then just being happy with that, mm-hmm. you know, just being happy with, with the result of that. If you've, if you've given it your all, you know, physically, mentally, psychologically, um, that's, that's all you can, you can do. And it's, it's, it makes you happy makes you really happy we really see you as a as a zen master from our perspective and i yeah. personally always channel that and think and be like gordon before i'm like walking up to a race and mm-hmm. getting into a corral even after if i hit my result if i didn't hit i'm like yeah that's fine you know i yeah. think like what would gordon say <laughs> from yeah. all the live chats that i've listened to you on i like really internalize yeah. that and i love following that advice it keeps everything in perspective well, you guys have you're phenomenal both of you i mean you you started running Anne in like 2011 yeah and ali in 2015 mm-hmm. or so and look at you i mean you're you're phenomenal you know and just have you started 
a little older than I was, but it took me so many more years to figure out the stuff that you guys just, just and it's not, I wanted to, I was almost going to say that you've just knew intuitively, but you didn't, you worked at it you know, and you work at it and you, you, it's, it's a work of joy, you know, a labor of love, yeah. but it's, um, you, you work at it really hard and you know, it's, it's great to see. You know, and as, as a coach, I never appreciated that when I was younger. Um, mm. It's really only in the past uh, uh, 10 years, certainly, but really three to four years, you know, through group training and uh, just really paying attention to other people's journeys. Yeah. Yeah, I was very focused on my own journey for a long time. Yeah. That's just you have to be at that level. Though. Yeah, I think yeah. I, you do. But it's also a maturity thing. As you get older, you you're able to think about other people more. The amount of talent amongst you guys, the original group training coaches, is just mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, I've showed up and have just wanted to be a sponge to get you all have so much experience. And yeah. sometimes that gets hidden, you know, not hidden on purpose. Yeah. But it's not a lot of people don't know the caliber of running that you have done in your life and that you continue to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that this doesn't embarrass you, but I just want to say my favorite stat of yours recently is from the Fifth Avenue mile of 2017. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was sitting right here on my carpet and Stuart called me and he said, are you near a computer? And I said, yes. He said, load up the Roadrunner results from the Fifth Avenue mile today and change it to age graded percentile. <laughs> and you had, I think it was 98 percentile and you that came above insane. Emma Coburn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're, I know. You, you ran a 535 and it was a age graded 421. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that. And it's I actually amazing. posted something recently that said, because I had done like an age graded 89 percentile in some race. And I said, I think that's the fastest I've done this millennium. And then I thought back to that. And I was like, no, I have to change that post. No, that one was higher. That was a higher. Collection. I know, like 535 yeah, itself it's Instagram is amazing at any, yeah. any point in your career. Yeah, the Fifth Avenue Mile is a blast. It's so much fun. But yeah, I mean, Stuart, it's, he's a big cheerleader. I love I love, you know, and he nerds out all the time on all aspects of the sport, but he's incredibly talented. Yeah. Like he's had so many injuries the past five years. Um, yeah. He's healthy now, which is exciting to see as he enters his, uh, he's 60 now. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Um, so talented and yeah. so modest. Um, but like, like my husband, get him, get, just get him started. He'll tell stories all day. Hey, bring him on the podcast. Okay. Definitely. It would right. be fun to have both of you together, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> I love what you said about, like, you feel like group training gives more than you give, yeah, you give back absolutely. to it. And I feel like that's almost yeah. true for everyone there. It's just the collective nature of it. Yeah. Like you're talking, you mentioned about our journey, and I feel like the the rise in our running yeah. has been because there's this big bubble we step into every Tuesday and Thursday yeah. that gives more than you can give it. It's just mm-hmm. the nature of it. Like there is every single person in there gets more out of it than they yeah. can than they can possibly yeah. put in. It's it's well said. And and a lot of it has to do with the kind of nurturing atmosphere that's been set up by coaches like yourself and Stuart and everybody else that shows up everybody brings a little bit something different to the table and all of that kind of it's like compound interest I don't know how to Mm -hmm. how how else to say it it's really beautiful it is beautiful um and and fortunately I mean I'd like to feel like it's unique you know in the sense of I've never experienced anything else like it but it's not unique like in running communities all over the world have this and it's 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 running. Um, it, it, running just it attracts great people and it brings out the best. Yeah, um, in you know, and I think it's that 
it makes us it makes us work hard you know it, it makes us problem solving isn't easy and it can be frustrating and it can be you can have more setbacks sometimes than steps forward but um it, the, the way it engages you you know and and makes you just get after it rather than hiding from it or um running away from it i mean just getting back a little bit to my personal journey um, my engagement style, you know, and again, I think this is influenced by how I grew up was, was to disengage, you know, when you're in a traumatic situation and we've all had trauma, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, that word can mean a lot of things. Um, we, we've all had stress. We've all had bad experiences in life and the response to a bad experience sometimes can be to disengage, to, um, run away to you know not try not you know just to feel sort of despair Um, but running kind of doesn't let you do that Um, whether you're you know I love hearing the stories of people who discovered fitness very late and you know lost 150 pounds or you know overcame addiction um, or you know the death of a loved one or you know just anything I mean these and you hear these there's thousands of these stories, you know, not even just hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands. Um, and somehow running is the thing that is the catalyst. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I don't take it for granted any day, you know, at group training or in any other um, running environment that it just, you know, we use the word positivity maybe too much, but it, the positivity around running is, uh, it feels like magic sometimes, yeah. but it's not magic. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's real. It's as real as it gets. You know, there's nothing more real than, than running. I love the synthesis of what you said about your father and your own experience getting mm-hmm. through an eating disorder, but then also um, like the exactitude on the track, because it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of what you just said. It's like this, it's very real, but it's also a process. Yeah. And personally, and what I heard from your experience is that it's, it allows us to believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's been like a real growing sense of freedom and capability that I didn't have before I started running. Isn't that amazing? It is. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really healing path. And yeah. that was kind of why I wanted to become a coach after mm-hmm. having that experience. When I joined group training, I was going through a really hard time in my life. Yeah. And it was a safe place. And it was kind of at the beginnings when it switched into the new iteration that it is. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, January session and it was dark and you could show up and no one really knew each other. And so I would do a lot of those intervals with like tears going down my face. No, nobody, really? nobody needed to Aww. see and it didn't matter. And yeah. it was, I would leave and I would be happy because yeah. we had all done that together. And then the friendships start to build and then you join a team and we all, I feel like we're, it's a family. I feel like yeah. this is an urban family. And wow. as you said, like we can find that in any city, really. Yeah, I'm it's glad you shared that. Because I mean, when we we really felt like we had no idea what we were doing, you know, we knew it was going to work. Um, we knew we had great people, um, and you know, obviously the support of New York Roadrunners behind us um, meant the world. Um, but yeah, that we could have that it. Yeah, you know, I want to say we, but I feel like. I can't personally take any credit for that, you know, because that was that was you, that was in you all along. Um, it just needed the the catalyst, and running is the catalyst. And I'm glad that we were a part of the process for you. But it's uh, it's it's like totally individual, but at the same time, um, 
the group in particular, a group in particular, mm-hmm. can really be a powerful catalyst for yeah. for that coming out. That's and then great. to see everyone continuing to not only improve because it's not just about numbers and get mm-hmm. those getting shorter or whatever. It's about showing up and believing yeah. in something, and it is bigger than us. And I remember early on when I first met you, you were talking about the importance of having a purpose, mm-hmm. and it's not just about you know oh, I got a PR today. It's like, well, what, what are the reasons that we run? And I love hearing your journey. And, yeah. you know, as you mentioned, like everyone has struggles, like life can be challenging at times mm-hmm. and other times it's great. And to have something consistently through all of those ups and downs is a real gift. Yeah. I can't imagine what my life would have been like without running. Yeah. I really can't. Um, you know, it, it was really just my my childhood until I was about 17 or so that was without running um, and I was but I was active I was always sporty but running co- completely changed things in, in ways that I couldn't articulate at the time but were you know profound and and obviously long long lasting thanks so cool but you just kind of went into it to stay fit in the winter <laughs> yeah somebody was throwing right. pebbles oh, at your window Gordon, and that's say again what? somebody was throwing pebbles at your window and that's where it started <laughs> it's true <laughs> that's so wonderful. yeah she and that's that's so amelia's personality like she's she's that. such a driver and i mean nicest person in the world but like you know hey you made this commitment you know where are you yes. <laughs> True. I'm not, I, I could run by myself, but you made a commitment to run with me. Get your butt out here. It's true. And, that's and what P.S., it takes. you'll have fun. I yeah. promise, you know, yeah. <laughs> you'll enjoy it. It's true. Um, so you've written many articles in three books, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so we could all read all of them. But if you have, we do a training tip. We ask our guests to give a training tip yeah. at the end of our session. So if, is there one thing that either you want to impart today or something that you've always, always think about yeah. when you're running? Or Well, in my books, I always try to stress, you know, you don't get an A for having the perfect training plan. Um, and sort of to riff off of that, everyone's different you have to always listen to your body and i that sounds so cliche and so trite um and i hope that's not disappointing but it's 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 you just have to you have to get in tune with yourself um and um and you know completely like not just oh i feel like i need to back off here um that, although that's probably the most the, the way that you'll improve the most is by really understanding your effort level. Um, uh, but what you were talking about just a moment ago, the you know the in touch with your own with your own purpose. So it's listening to your body as well as listening to your soul. You know, really what what um, what your soul is is telling you to do um, is is asking you to do through through your running. There were times in my career, for sure, and I, I'm sure other athletes um, share this, when listening to my body meant, um, you know, really taking it someplace it hadn't gone before. Um, you know, when I was making that jump from like national class to, you know, really an Olympic contender, um, there were times when 
and and every everyone around me was in the same situation where you had to just go so deep into the pain cave you know mm-hmm. it was just like am i going to survive this you know what's um you know can i hang on here um should i hang on here and you know so with listening to my body meant like taking it where i felt like i hadn't taken it before um and most of the time it paid off um i was able to develop a sense of like you know not how 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 to keep it like right on that edge of of uh, um of redlining i think it's is what they they call it um without going over the edge and um so that was yeah that's what i would say and i think you can apply that at any level you know just take it take it to the edge um you can't do it too often you shouldn't do it too often but you know at at the moment when it when you want it the most you know just just take it to uh as far as as far as you can and then maybe a little bit beyond so i guess that's my not training tip for sure because you you really shouldn't do that in training you should do that in racing Mm -hmm. Um, training is listen to your body and uh don't go out too fast (laughs) that sounds a little bit sort of deflating but uh no it it matches with like i was listening to elliot kipchoge recently and he said I never give more than 90% effort during training, ever. Yeah. I save that That's for a race interesting. day. That's yeah. Wow. And oh, someone... I feel so much better. That's good. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because yeah. you feel like these people, yeah, they must they must rehearse that in training, but they, they don't. They can't. You, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you, you just can't. Wow. That's good. I just have one more question for you. When you were at the height of your competitive years, would you get really nervous on the starting line, mm-hmm. or were you pretty calm? Um... I I think my le- I learned to find an optimal level of arousal of nervousness. Um, I think that is actually like a psychological mm-hmm. term. You know, you you have to your adrenaline has to be pumping a little bit, um, but it can't be a debilitating thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know how I did that. Um, I I think you know my my progress was so. It was pretty steady and pretty linear. Um, you know, there were blips here and there, but I generally, standing on the starting line, would feel confident in my ability to meet or exceed um, what I'd done before. So, you know, there was that. You know, and and certainly if I'd I'd had an experience of like choking or, you know, just really underperforming that would have probably shaken that mm-hmm. a little bit, but I, success kind of bred success in, in my case. Um, you know, I found that even when I did, when I did feel nervous, it was fine. You know, like once the gun went off, mm-hmm. it was fine, the horn, the gun, whatever. Um, and so I, you know, learned to just talk myself into not feeling like an incapacitating level of of nerves i remember one of my first half marathons after i joined atalanta didn't go well i went out too fast and um i felt like i was in shape to run like 119 120 and i ran 123 and it was just really painful you know those last few miles were just awful you know that feeling of like i am working so hard and this is so painful and the result is going to be really much lower than I thought it was going to be and you know it was just a bad race I you know I don't know why even I can't remember why 
um, except for poor pacing. And the race after that, I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Mm. You know, it's going to be the same thing all over again. And, you know, uh, negative, negative, negative. And it went fine, you know, despite that. Like, really nervous, really negative, you know, really, like, not wanting to be there. Almost like, you know, stepped off the starting line. Not really, but, you know, mm-hmm. feeling like much closer to, like, I just don't want to be here at all than I'd ever felt before in a race. Um, and so that that turned it around again. It was like, okay, that, that 123 um, and that, you know, just really feeling awful was an anomaly, a, a blip. You know, it happened, it's over, put it behind you, and, you know, just move forward. Um, so there was no magic to it. But, yeah, I felt super nervous, but, um, you know based on the results i felt like yeah it it should go okay i, I still get nervous though yeah i really do i mean yeah, in, in, in really not tight. not at the same level but this morning yeah it was like and it's not so much nervous about the outcome you know like am i going to beat so and so or am i going to you know hit this time that i think i can beat it's just that's going to hurt yeah. you know and it's, it's, you know, hurting is, you, you, I don't know, you do and you don't look forward to it. You, yeah. you, you want to you wanna be able to get to what we used to call the, the PT, the puke threshold, you know? Like, <laughs> like, we were just talking about you, that today. You, you, know, I, felt, I remember I used to feel like when I, I still do, you know, when I go into a race and I'm really not fit, but I just feel like doing the race for whatever reason, any number of reasons, you just, you can't make yourself hurt, you know, cause you're not fit enough to make yourself hurt. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and you finish feeling like, oh, I had more, but I couldn't get to the PT. Yeah. I couldn't get to the puke threshold cause I'm not strong enough. <laughs> and so, you know, it's almost like you're more nervous. Sorry, I feel like I'm shouting uh, when you are really fit because yeah. you know, it's going to hurt more because you're, able to make it hurt more yeah. if that makes that's sense very and true. so it's a love hate you know that's <laughs> it definitely is a love hate so true and beautiful. <laughs> right that, that's why a lot of times it's like you know when you've trained for a race and you've you've you've, you've gone through all the motions of the training process i think it's almost braver to cross the start line because once yes. you have done that yeah. oh then you're gosh. on the course right but i think just that getting to the start line and, and waiting until the guns go off i think that is a pretty brave decision because you know what's about to happen and you can like you said almost there to say yeah. i can step off like i don't yeah. have to i don't have to do this this is all just a construct you know yeah. it's just yeah. like you know we all we've been talking about how you can uh, you know running is solving problems well, you created the problems. Like, you can just right, completely right. walk so away. Like I'm, I'm writing the question and I'm giving it an answer. Right. <laughs> it's so true. That yeah, so you funny. designed the test yourself. You yeah. know, like I know. I always remind myself, like I'm choosing to do this. Yes, yes. That's so. It's that's funny. so important, and I think that helps. Actually, yeah. that calms the nerves. Actually, yeah, definitely. To say that you chose yeah. to do, to tell yourself, remind yourself. Yeah, right. no, Ali. I like that. What you how you just put that. It's um, yeah. I always like to think of how much training goes into just a short race, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If you do the percentage of like how many miles you've put in to yeah. get to this icing on the cake. And I feel like yeah. the, I'm like, you've baked the cake, like it's yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Now just go have fun to, you know, get that. That's <laughs> very wise. So. That's why it's good not to focus so much on a result because then you, you've completely ignore the baking of the cake, mm-hmm. which yeah. is where all the, I think all the good stuff is. It is. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's so great. 
we're we're really lucky. Yeah. All of us. Well, wow. on that note, Gordon, thank you so much for joining us. This was uh, incredible. incredible. <laughs> okay, good. We chose the same same word. Thanks, Ellie. Thank yeah. you Thanks, Anne. So much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, we're just so honored great. to have you. Yeah. Honestly, the I admire you and your running and just your way, your presence and oh, ways through the world. I feel like really I've nice. Probably talked too much, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole thing. Thanks a lot. Thank you for sharing so much with us.